Hello. How are you? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, this is so weird because I think you're the first person I felt a little nervous calling up, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to think about that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Epilogue Cabin. I'm your host, Dave Cedillo. She's a mom. She's a grandmom. And she knows the meaning of the word apropos. Today my guest is Daylene. Stay with us. I'm really glad you you picked up the phone and you were open to doing this. You know, I'm only picking up because it's you on the other end of the line. <laughs> Really? You don't you don't answer the phone for everybody. It's everybody else is a scam likely call. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing now? Well, um, I am the executive director of special services for Broken Arrow Schools in in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And how long so, have you been uh, doing that? Um, this is three years. You know, I've been a school administrator for a long time. I was a principal for a long time and then director of some secondary programs at Union High School and then um, now with Broken Arrow. Do you feel a, a real connection to kids or is it the education part of the process that kind of pulled you in or I mean what, what has it just been a bunch of different things? Well I think in the beginning it was the kids um, but you know over time you have a real commitment to public education. You know, I think it's the, the greatest experiment that this country has um, undertaken, and it's it's difficult, but I really do believe it's the thing that sets us apart and gives every kid, you know, kids like me, kids who grow up poor and clueless, to have an opportunity to, to get an education. Poor and clueless. I, I would have never <laughs> used those words to describe you. <laughs> But well, it is it is yeah. funny how we think about ourselves in hindsight, you know, going, Oh my god, yeah. I was this and that. Yeah. Um so uh that second question I sent you, what do you do for fun? I did I think I just copied what I sent you through the Facebook thing. What do you do for fun? Well, you know, I'm not really I work a lot, so I'm I'm a homebody. I'd like to be home, but um we still <clears throat> play a lot of family games like with our kids or grandkids when they're over, my parents, that kind of thing. And sounds kind of lame, but it's really what we do for fun, you know, what date you? my husband. And just, you know, I also like hanging out with my girlfriend. Cool. Um, yeah. What games do you play when you're together as a family? Well, we play, you know, whatever the latest game is. We play lots of, like, board games and things like that. But we always end up, we play cards and like dice games, and this Christmas we left, right, center. Left, right, center. I'm probably the only person that doesn't know what left, right, center is. <laughs> we played it with quarters, and my uh, seven-year-old granddaughter won all the quarters, and it, it was hysterical because she thought she had, you know, won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember how much money that, that was? Was she had like $3 and quarters or something? <laughs> Whoa, so, man. Yeah. 
That's like an afternoon at Leon's right there. <laughs> so speaking of your grandkids, I, just, I was just thinking about this. Uh, what do they call you? Are you grandma? Are you Nana? Are you Mima? I mean, what, what, what name are you to your grandkids? Well, I started out with ideas to be Nana, but when my first grandson was born, he, uh, he called me Nanny. Nanny. So that has been my name. You, you bit, so you're, you're Nanny to all of them now. Uh-huh. Yep. What's that feel like? Oh, you know, it, it's, it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> you know, I was so worried about what they would call me and afraid they'd call me Granny or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't even care. They, they could call me whatever because it's so much fun. No, it doesn't matter. That's so funny. You, you kind of remind me of the way uh, Missy was talking about her grandkids. And she just, yeah, it sounds like it's just the best thing. I know no, that it is. I know that when uh, when my, when my mom's mom was still alive, and I had never heard the word granny until I watched the Beverly Hillbillies, and I <laughs> and I said, "Hey, Nana, can I call you Granny?" She said, "You'll do no such thing," and she was just <laughs> dead set against that. My my Nana was young as a grandmother, and uh, I know she loved me, but by God, she did not want to be called Granny. That was just too much. That was over the edge. <laughs> Yeah, because we all think of Granny from the Beverly Hillbillies, you know. <laughs> we, we don't want to see ourselves that way. <laughs> you didn't want to be that toothless old woman with a hair pulled back in a bun, wagging her finger at somebody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, but, you man. know, it, it, uh, you love them like you love your kids, but then you don't have all that responsibility of raising them to be good humans. And so it's just all joy. That, that's what I've heard. well uh, if you were stranded on a desert island with electricity what movie would you never get tired of watching (laughs) well you're gonna think i'm silly but my favorite movie of all time is tombstone tombstone Oh, oh wow Is that the one? Is that the one with Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp? And, yes. And uh, Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer plays. He plays the best Doc Holliday in that one. He's the best. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know, just the the dialogue is so clever. It, it's just it's my favorite movie. So that would be what I would take if I had electricity. That is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Walk around just saying, "Yo, no Daisy." You know Daisy. You know Daisy at all. Poor soul. He was just too high strung. (laughs) (laughs) My mom would be so proud. (laughs) (laughs) What book would you take with you to your desert island or handful of books? Well, uh, you know, probably... And I heard you say in Missy's, you know, I'm taking one, I'm taking the Bible, so I can, you know. Uh, but without that, probably something by C.S. Lewis. Um, oh. I, I, I love all of his books. I, I, I don't know that I'd grab a handful <laughs> when I pack for my dessert island. 
Well, they're all little. I mean, C.S. Lewis, except for Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, Mere Christianity and The Great Divorce. I mean, those are those are really little books. Yeah. Screw tape yeah. letters. Yes, he can pack a lot into a little book. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the you know the whole Chronicles of Narnia. I read that to my daughter, school age, and so I I still love it. You know, I it was such a great series, but also then I've got that sentimental attachment to it from you know her growing up, and I don't know. That was my first C.S. Lewis experience, but I think I've read everything now. Well, what record, cassette, or CD, what, what music would you take with you? Oh, man. Um, I guess I left off MP3. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is 2020. <laughs> if I could only take one, gosh, I'm just such a... I would probably take James Taylor, like, greatest hit. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. How sweet it is to be loved by you. How sweet it is to be loved by you. <laughs> I love James Taylor. I got some friends who would say, "What are you laughing at, Dave? That's that's a great that's a great pick." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love Jake Taylor, and it's kind of the thing when I'm just here by myself. I, you know, tell Alexis to play James Taylor. Now, <laughs> when I listen to James Taylor, I'm I'm thinking of uh, Sweet Baby James. I find I find it easy since he's got a very strong melody that he sings I, it's easy for me to pick out a harmony do you find that for you or do you sing along with james taylor or find a harmony to sing with yeah yeah absolutely because he's just got that i don't know it's it is easy like you said it's yeah easy to sing along with i think we can thank yeah. the uh, re- the recording engineer for that getting the, the levels up there right sometimes people's vocals can be just buried in all the instruments and you start singing and realize, I can't hear the main voice now because every, there's yeah. too much guitar or, or whatever in there. Yeah. I went to see him once. Um, in, uh, it was right on the Oklahoma-Texas line, and my daughter was in Texas. We met there and um, went to see him in concert. And, he, you know, he was concert is really not the way to say it. It was just a real small place, him and his guitar. Um, it was fabulous. Just his voice was fabulous. And, there was one point where there were some backup folks who started singing with him, and I was so annoyed. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to hear y'all. He's enough with his guitar all by himself. <laughs> That's cool. How long ago was that? Yeah, it's only been probably um, four or five years ago. It's not been too long. Okay. I... He was in Thacker. What Thacker? Thackerville. Mm-hmm. Thackerville. I've never even heard of that town. What is it? Is it? <laughs> is it the size of Joplin, or what is it? I, you know, I don't know. When I drive through, it's just like a casino. Oh, <laughs> and that's where he was. <laughs> so I'm driving past it on 35. So that, I don't know how big it is. That makes sense. I if it's got a casino, they can pay for James Taylor to come in and right. Rockabye right. Sweet Baby James. That's right. Well, moving on down the line here, what would you say is your best high school memory? 
for a long time after you sent that to me. And I, I think probably it's not really one memory, um, but I think being in the play, I think that, you know, I love show choir and because um, I think that we had some fun in there. Um, but, you know, all the play practice and all of that crazy stuff, I, I think that was the most fun I had in high school. Yeah, the plays did kind of feel like we were, weren't were really students, but we were getting to do something uh, kind of all to our own selves, form our own little community almost. I, yeah. It, it, it was, yeah, I remember having that feeling when I was part of it too. It was funny talking to, I can't remember if I left this part in Tom's, but he said something about, I never thought about being a great actor. I just thought it would be cool to be hanging out with you guys and just being being with all my friends in the play. Was did that make it into his show? I can't remember if that was in there or not. Or do you? No, I don't. I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that was it. Is because it's like you bonded over. Maybe it's because we were at play practice every night for six weeks. But yeah. But I, it's like you become this special little community and. I remember after it was over, like, being sad that I didn't get to keep hanging out with everyone. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's... Now, you weren't in band, were you, in the school band? No. Okay. Mm -hmm. Darla would tell me things about how that they felt that camaraderie in the band, and I remember feeling a little jealous about that because I just thought... Man, that would be really cool. And other than being in the in the choir, you know, the concert choir and the swing choir, uh, I guess the plays were probably the most exclusive thing that sort of felt like that. Right. Interesting. Well, those folks in band, you know, they have to get up at four in the morning and oh. march and all that. <laughs> Must be like going through boot camp together. Yeah. Did you ever have to get up early in the morning? I mean, that early for, for anything? I mean, during high school or after? No. No. I mean... Are you not you a... Know, mo- I went too, but I... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to ask <laughs> if you're not a morning person. Well, you know, not so much. I always drag myself up and then appreciate the morning, but I, w- I would probably be a night owl if I was retired. Is that coming anytime soon? Retirement? Oh, probably not. <laughs> not soon enough. Not soon enough. <laughs> but now you still like doing what you're doing, though, right? I do. I really do. Okay. And, and I love the, got a great group of folks I work with, and I work for a really good district with a great superintendent. So that is a good place to be. So your your best high school memory was uh, the the one you were saying was pretty much it's more than one, but it was being in the plays and all. Do you think that that affected who you are now or what you do now uh, as a career? Um, <laughs> you know, right after high school, I I loved the play so much. I thought for sure I would go like to Joplin Little Theater or something. But you know, I went to work and that was kind of that. But um, no, I don't think anyone would have ever imagined I would end up as a school administrator. <laughs> you know, I went to school to see my friends and hang out and had no real direction back then. And uh, I don't know that anyone would have paid that. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of curious. How how did you choose that career path? Well, you know, I uh, always cared about people pretty easily. And, 
you know, people would come to me and when they had troubles or whatever. And so I decided I wanted to be a, a counselor. I went, you know, when I finally decided, you know, I need to go to college. Um, that was my plan to be a psychologist. And I had, you know, a couple years in and because I had already had my, my kids uh, first, I really needed to get a job after my bachelor's degree. So hmm. I, uh, my advisor, he's like, why don't you just go into teaching and become a school counselor? And I'm like, you know, okay, I can do that. And then, you know, so that was my plan. So I became a teacher. I was working on my uh, psychologist degree at SMSU in Springfield. And um, then I moved to Oklahoma and to work as a school counselor. And um, I ended up doing a small school. I ended up doing also a lot of administrative stuff and found that I liked that a whole lot better. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I struggled as a school counselor with, and knowing all the stuff that kids were dealing with and not feeling like I had any real ability to help them to really do something about the stuff that was happening to them. And so I just found that the um, admin side was more my niche. So I went back and, and got a master's in leadership. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Well, hey, if you could send yourself a message back in time about the future, what would that be? Well, you know, <laughs> I was pretty insecure as a teenager and uh, <clears throat> in a really big hurry to be a grown-up. And I think I would just tell myself to, you know, chill, just <laughs> enjoy being young for a little bit, you know, and not be in such a rush to grow up. That's... You know, we didn't really know how quickly it was going to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It just seemed like, yeah, things weren't happening fast enough when we were in our what we thought was a dull time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I uh, wasted a lot of time being insecure and worried about things that didn't matter. And I, I would like to just have, I'd like to redo, you know, that time being a little more confident. I think it would have been a different experience. Hmm. Not that I really want to be 18 again or 16 or anything like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Lord, no. <laughs> no, but, but I, you know, if you see someone that you can relate to that's a younger version of you, I mean, in real life, you know, maybe you can, you know, if you're close to the family and, and you feel like they'll listen to you, that's some bit of wisdom that you could pass down. I mean, in all likelihood. Yeah. yeah. The, the next question, what things about you have changed since high school? It sounds like you've, you've learned to slow down, or at least what the value of slowing down is. Is there is there anything else that's changed about you? Um, you know, I feel like a lot of things have changed, but, you know, I definitely know who I am now. Um, not afraid of failing anymore. I was terrified of failing when I was young. Sailing? Because I've had so much practice at it. Failing, not sailing. Oh, failing. I thought you were saying sailing, like out on the ocean. No, you're talking about actually failing, like not succeeding, yeah. but failing. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was part of that whole insecurity. Like, I, I was afraid to take a hard class, or I was afraid to do something I'd never done before, because I was just really insecure. And I don't know, you know, Dave, when you, when you survive things that you thought you couldn't, yeah. it, it, it just changes you, and, and then you figure out, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay, and and so um, that sounds all dramatic. Uh, 
you know, my uh, my general outlook is probably the same. I feel very much like a different person. What things have stayed the same? Um, well, definitely not my waist size. <laughs> you and Melissa, like, oh, Dave, I'm going to tell you about my crow's feet and my waistline. And I'm like, I don't care about that. Um, um, you know, you know, and I still am a very um, much a, uh, you know, I have my, my faith in God has been pretty constant in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I still care a lot about people and, you know, that, that was the same then, you know, and it's kind of part of how I live my life and both in work and, and in my relationships. But, um, uh, you know, I guess it would be sad if any of us really stayed the same as we were in high school. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my mom told me when Darla was having the girls, uh, this, you know, my sister's got three girls. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't. And, but I remember when those girls were being born, Mom was looking at me, and she was talking, and she was kind of talking around the subject. And I said, "Mom, I have a feeling that you're you think that I'm living out an arrested adolescence." And she said, <laughs> "Yeah, son, that's that's pretty much it." <laughs> and I mean, by by not having any kids or grandkids and just living vicariously through Darla and people like you and my coffeehouse kids, I I don't know. It's uh it's a weird it's a weird harvest that, that I've sown here. But you know, that that's an important role to play because sometimes it has to be someone who's not a parent or grandparent to speak into someone's life and I just don't think you can uh can't you know overestimate how important that influence can be i hope so do you have people that that are close to your family that you feel like play that role uh for for you and your family down there oh yeah and you know i can look back over the years um and and look at different people some people who just kind of came into my life for a time or whatever who who influenced me and who were you know, speaking the life into me and looking out for me along the way that, you know, I, I remember their influence still. And, uh, so, you know, we have people who've become close to our family who we now consider family. Um, but there've been a lot of people along the way that not a lot, you know, there've been a handful of people along the way that really made a difference. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Okay, totally off topic. Did you ever see the spook light? <laughs> you know, I never did. Um, and was, I was always terribly disappointed. Uh, <laughs> but I, I never did I never did see it. How many times did you go out there? You know, not that many. Probably six or seven total. Wow. Um, but, you know, I wonder if kids today have any of that kind of fun that we did you know, before technology <laughs> took over. <laughs> Time has sure gone by fast. It has. It has. Just as, you know, we were all together in high school. Oh, yeah. It's been a lot of years ago, but it sure has been a, a quick travel to this point in time. Yes. Yeah. A lot of experiences. Everyone I've talked to basically sound, I, I hear your voice and I know that 
you're like me in an older body, but I hear your voice and I see that same teenager in my mind's eye. Yes, yes, me too. I've noticed that, like when you interview everyone. Really? That I'm picturing them, you know, the same way they were in high school. In all four shows that I've done, the best ones I'm finding are like what we're doing here, just very conversational. We talk back and forth. So it's a little bit of you, it's a little bit of me, and then I can fly in the the movie parts or the song parts that are apropos. Apropos, I think, is a word I I learned from one of our plays, (laughs) actually. (laughs) As soon as that came out of my mouth, I thought, apropos, I think I remember R.P. Partain saying, very apropos. She's <laughs> the only teacher we ever had that would have said that word. Yeah, and now looking back, I realize that was just short for appropriate. Like you were too lazy to say appropriate, so you go apropos. Sort of like the kids today, they're too lazy to say babe. They just go bay. You know, it just, <laughs> just hey, bay. Yeah, like, what is that? <laughs> do your grandkids say bay, or, or do you know anyone who says bay? You know, I, I hear it all the time at school. But yeah. And my grandkids. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't understand half of what they say. <laughs> like an old person. Just text me. I'll understand it better if you just text me and I can read it. Because I can't understand anything you're saying. That's right. You know, my, my little, my older two grandkids are boys. And, and they're, you know, on fleek with the thing. And I'm like. What did you say? What, what did that mean? Did you say, <laughs> what did you say, on cleek? On fleek. On sleek? Now I'm lost. Ass, like Frank. On, on fleek? Yes. Yeah. See, I told you it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been almost an hour. I probably better let you go. Thanks again for being on the show. It sounds so funny to call. I I tell people, I go, it just feels weird to call this a show because I know there's a handful of us listening to it. But yeah, it's it's a fun thing to do. And I'm really glad you all are doing it with me. We're all just kind of staying together in this weird little way. Yeah, well, I appreciate you doing it. I really do. Well, no charge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you take care of yourself and... Yeah, it's it good talking to you, too, and hope you have a good night. You, too, Dave. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And with that, we'll turn off the porch light here at the Epilogue Cabin. I'd like to thank my friend and guest, Daylene. Music today provided by Burial Gate, A Pagoda's Pagoda, New Midnight Cassette System, and some 1960s Hawaiian band that's probably not together anymore. I'm Dave Cedillo. Thanks for hanging out with us here at the Epilogue Cabin where the crickets are chirping, the moon's rising, and there's always something to talk about. Mm-hmm.